1: Hello and welcome back to Full Time with Meg Linehan. I am Meg, and as always, you are listening to a show all about women's soccer on the Athletic Podcast Network. Have a big, big, big episode for you today with Ada Hegerberg joining the show. Her return to the Norway team is obviously huge news, but she also wanted to dig into a specific topic, and it was one that I was always going to want to talk about. Thrilled to have her join the show, especially ahead of Champions League action on Wednesday and Thursday, but more on that in a second. Before we get to the rest of today's episode, as always, to show your support of full time, plus get all of our women's soccer coverage and everything else The Athletic has to offer on our site and app, you can subscribe right now at theathletic.com slash full It's always one of our very best deals at that link. All right, let's start, as always, with the news highlights. Uh, this week, though, they are definitely rough to start with. I'm not going to lie, because three major injuries This week, across the NWSL on Monday morning, Marta shared that she had sustained an injury over the weekend. Now, if you watched that Orlando Pride match, it was honestly awful to watch, but also to listen to because of the field mics. She did share that she expects to be out for a while, but the team has not sent out a formal update with more information on the medical part of it yet. Then the Chicago Red Stars announced that center back Tierna Davidson would miss the entire season after tearing her ACL at training. And then on Tuesday, the Kansas City Current announced that Lynn Williams was also out for the entire season after suffering what they called an acute leg injury in the very first match of the Challenge Cup. So just awful news across the board. And just I really hope we do not see any more of these. I I do not want to write any more headlines about season ending injuries. They're not. They're just, it's awful. It's awful. So on a related note, some of these injuries really forced U.S. Women's National Team head coach Flacco Andonofsky's hand while picking his roster for the two upcoming friendlies against Uzbekistan. Those are happening next month. Here's the full 23-player roster. We've got a headline up on the site if you missed this, but goalkeepers, we've got Bella Bixby from Portland Thorns, Aubrey Kingsbury from the Washington Spirit, and Alyssa Nair from the Chicago Red Stars. There are seven defenders on this roster. Alana Cook from O.L. Rain, Abby Dahlkemper from San Diego Wave FC, Imani Dorsey from Gotham FC, Emily Fox from Louisville, Sophia Huerta, O.L. Rain, Naomi Gurma from The Wave, Kelly O'Hara from Washington Spirit. Eight midfielders, Lindsay Horan with Leone, Jalen Howell from Louisville, Rose Lavelle, The Reign, Katerina Macario, Lyon. Christy Mewis and Sam Mewis, Gotham and Kansas City Current, respectively. And then two Washington Spirit midfielders in Ashley Sanchez and Andy Sullivan. Finally, five forwards. Again, Washington Spirit with a couple of players here, Ashley Hatch and Trinity Rodman. Got Mal Pugh from the Chicago Red Stars, Mitch Purse from Gotham FC. And finally, Sophia Smith from Portland Thorns FC. So before we get to this, this international window, are you ready to watch truly so many games this week because we've got champions league quarterfinal the second legs are happening on wednesday and thursday make sure you tune in of course to leon versus juventus on thursday to see if leon can come up with a comeback not just for today's guest ada hegerberg but hey you can watch Cap macario at the club level it is fun i promise she uh, likes to score goals too. all of these matches are streaming via DeZone's youtube channel there is a link in the show notes for you there's also just a truly absurd amount of NWSL games this week with Wednesday night full of games. Unfortunately, we are back to overlapping start times again, and then a full weekend of matches, too, ahead of the international break. So here we go. Wednesday, March 30th, that is today, if you're listening to when the episode drops, start things start off with Orlando Pride hosting Gotham FC, 7 p.m., I'm just going to say it now. All of these games are on Paramount Plus if you're in the United States. And of course, Twitch, if you are an international viewer. So Orlando versus Gotham to start us off at 7. Then we've got Washington Spirit versus uh, North Carolina at 7.30. Also at 7.30, all of these times Eastern too, by the way. Chicago Red Stars versus Racing Louisville FC. 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Houston Dash versus Kansas City Current. 10 p.m., so it's going to be late night, Portland Thorns versus Angel City. Okay, then we go to Saturday. So things are going to start with Kansas City Current versus Racing Louisville FC. That one's on Paramount+. Plus. Now, the big game this week is we've got San Diego hosting Angel City. That's at 4 p.m. Eastern, and this is the game that is on Big CBS. It's an important distinction here, but also will be streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Then we actually do have a little bit of a break. Chicago Red Stars will host Houston at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then Portland versus OL Reign 10 p.m. Eastern on Paramount. So Saturday's got a couple really, really good matchups for us. On Sunday, April 3rd, Gotham FC hosts the Courage at 3 p.m. Eastern, Paramount+. And Washington Spirit hosts Orlando Pride at 4 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. In theory, I might be actually seeing you at Red Bull Arena on Sunday. We're going to find out. All right, now I'm not entirely sure how much of an introduction one of the top players in the world needs. the list of honors she has won, goes for many, many, many line items. So here's the short version. Ada Hegerberg is very good at scoring goals. She holds the record for most UEFA Women's Champions League goals with 56. 52 of those are coming from her time with Lyon and also the record for most in a single season of Champions League with 15. Now, she's fully back with the club after a long injury layoff. And then she also recently announced her turn to playing with Norway. Now, I mentioned this on last week's show. Katie Wyatt wrote a great piece about her return to the international game and how we all need to cherish her talent now that it's back. I've kept that link in the show notes for you, but let's not delay any longer. Here's Ada. All right. I know that we've got some limited time here, so I just kind of wanted to launch right in with you. First of all, I definitely appreciate the time. I, I think it's such an interesting time for you, right? Like, obviously, a lot is happening. I just honestly kind of wanted to start with just, like, what has life been like since the announcement coming back? And, you know, what what have you seen in terms of a, a reaction?
2: Well, first of all, it's been a very positive vibe. Uh, the whole feedback, uh, people have been very happy, which is very motivating for myself to see as well. Um, the daily life has been... Um, pretty much the same, focused, you know, uh, it's all about the next and um, kind of happened at the worst timing as well, but I fell ill uh, last week, uh, missed out on a very big game. So it was gutted, but getting those news out was very positive, And now I'm just like trying to stay very sharp this week, very important week before um, it's about shifting focus uh, towards the national team again.
1: Right. I mean, there there is I mean, in this world of women's football, it feels like everything happens all of the time. Always, like it's just <laughs> everything is is happening. Champions League, right? The national team return, just league. Like everything is always stacked all on top of each other. Like, what is it like from I mean, I feel like this is something that I talk to players all the time about just in terms of having to shift that focus. Like, how do you personally try to like live through that world?
2: Well, I look at it in a very positive manner, actually. Uh, having change of environment can actually help you boost uh, your concentration, uh, your mood, your 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 shape. And uh, thinking about it, like playing games is actually what you want to do as well. Uh, I've, I've been on the sideline, so I know all about it, missing out. And so actually getting as many games and have that competitiveness week in and week out is, something we work for you know like we train and we train and we train and all you want to do is to compete and and play those games so i i look at it in a very positive manner it's all about being professional you know uh taking care of your body taking care of your mind those small details that can allow you to actually be at a high level game in and game out
1: yeah all right there is there is something that i really want to talk to you about i i have found that digging into like one topic with players has been really interesting. And I know media coverage is something that you really care about in terms of platform, right? Like we're only now kind of reaping all the benefits of like actually being able to watch Champions League in the United States, right? And so in terms of accessibility is kind of like front and center, that first part of it. From your side of things in terms of you know, new audiences, the fact that games can actually be watched in a pretty easy fashion right now. What is, what are you seeing from the player side in terms of maybe some of the effect that it's having to your level?
2: Buzzing. Seriously, I feel like we've all been thirsty about this for so many years now. Uh, that zone coming in, uh, giving us a platform. It should definitely gives us a motivational boost. Um, we've trained so hard for this, and now the platform is given to us, and it should put uh, positive pressure as well, you know, on our shoulders. Uh, we want to perform uh, in order to make people watch the next game, uh, and I think that's our job in this. It's to develop the game, uh, train even smarter, be even more... Um, Yeah, performing even more. Um, That's our job, really. You know, like we're almost like artists. It's all about inspiring people when you're on the pitch, and I think that that's our biggest responsibility is to show good football um, in order to grow the game even more.
1: Just in terms of obviously the zone showing games, like there's multiple layers to kind of the coverage part of the game, right? And thinking about you know even maybe the past decade or so, right? we're only just kind of starting to see the investment come in finally in a very meaningful way. I mean, like I remember watching U S women's national team games on pay-per-view here in the United States. It was like, uh, like you were following dots on a screen, right? Like, and it, it just, it feels very different in terms of actually being able to watch the games, but I don't know if we're quite there yet in terms of like the infrastructure part on meaningful coverage, right? Like the journalism, the writing, all of that kind of stuff. And that's been, You know, it's interesting to have this conversation as someone who's on that side with you. What how are you kind of navigating that part of it, especially because I think your story is so interesting, right? Like there is that kind of trust that has to be built a little bit in this space still, right? Like you have to trust someone with your story. You have to trust someone with a conversation. So what you know, do you have any suggestions, honestly, for us as a player?
2: Well you've been in the game for a long while so 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 you got your experience in this as well but yeah. I, I genuinely think that it's a it's a collective responsibility and we all want the best results you know and that's how I like to talk uh, think about it when I talk to journalists I think there's 100% possi- uh, possibility to maintain a critical interview section uh without losing the respect for each other uh and as an athlete uh, i want to be respected for the women and the athlete i am uh, but i also respect the journalists uh, in front of me because i depend on that journalist to write about my biggest passion <laughs> in order to also get women's football on stage so i look at, a, at it as a partnership really I want to give you uh, the good stuff, but I want you to treat the good stuff I give you in the right matter. And unfortunately um, in the world in general, there's always going to be click bites. There's going to be headlines. So I've, I've been through it all uh, in terms of media. Um, obviously I'm very conscious about uh, the situation, uh, but it doesn't stop me from saying my honest opinion because uh, I think that's very refreshing I think it's very important to speak out about your th- thoughts um, to have an impact on things as well um, but you know like uh, I met uh, all types of journalists I may met those who were were concentrated about one thing and it's to have their own click by and that's that's the reality I just uh, adapt to the situation and Still try to maintain myself uh, as the woman I am.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to Michelob slash courtside to learn more.
1: Just in terms of, I mean, also like there's a global factor for you, right? Like I remember writing an article, God, this was uh really early on in my time at the athletic, but obviously covering the U S women's national team, right? Like I've been covering this kind of protest for equal treatment for years and following a loss, you know, there's so many different elements. And when there's a lot of nuance in the situation, right? Like a lot of people try to to dial down the US national team stuff into like hashtag equal pay. And it's like, there's a whole story there, right? And then to put it into this global conversation of not just what's happening with you in Norway, but you know, Venezuela, all these other countries, right? Mm -hmm. That are going through their own thing, Australia, like there's so many stories Mm -hmm. and trying to navigate this global movement within women's football, Mm You know, the story is not just this tidy little line. And I'm just in terms of like what you've been watching from the U.S. team, from other countries, like what have you maybe taken away from those stories where (laughs) we've gotten it right, we've gotten it wrong?
2: Well, I don't think it's about right or wrong in the, in this subject, it's about we're all kind of facing the same challenges. Being a women's athlete, uh, especially being a women's footballer in a very ma- man-dominated world, um, I have huge amount of respect for the women's athlete that I've observed during the years. Speaking up uh, for their sports, for for themselves, uh, demanding respect for the athletes they are, um, because. Being a woman today, uh, having your opinions or, on stuff, is it's not a it's a tricky it's a tricky case, and you're gonna face criticism. You're gonna face criticism also because you're a woman. It's very uh, what can I say sensible for me to say that, but uh, I think that's the truth in a lot of cases. Um, But that's why you need to kind of like build momentum and courage from each other's stories and actually come together and think we're actually facing the same challenges. And it's all about supporting each other in it. Uh, uh, Learn from each other's experience in order to push the sports uh, even further. Um, So I think, um, I mean, US has a very, uh, has had a very Bit long discussion ongoing towards um, equal pay and um, that's one side of it but in the end also there's i a question about respect um i haven't been much vocal about financial side of it i've been very vocal about earning getting that respect that young girls today deserve i don't think we deserve like we give young girls the respect they deserve, uh, by not putting the same demands to them like we do with young boys. So I like to really talk about the grassroots part of it because yeah. I think that's where we also build quality in the long term.
1: Yeah, I mean I remember talking to so many players who have, you know, been in the NW or, you know, that I've I've run across and then they go into coaching and then they they have these horror stories of like, Yeah, we had this field booked, right? And then the boy showed up and then the field is gone. Right. Like, well, OK, <laughs> we're done here, I guess, you know, no practice for us. You know, it's still like that is also, I think, still very much a factor kind of across the board. And you can have these big moments like 99 World Cup here in the U.S. was obviously this very formative event. But then actually getting all of the the infrastructure in place, right, for actual development of the game at the grassroots level, that's 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 the grind that follows.
2: That's the grind. And that's what I'm keep on being vocal about, because uh, it hurts me to to see that on the end of the like, if you look at it, a pyramid, uh, like saying at the bottom of the pyramid, things are not correctly done. And obviously, it's a nonprofit level, it should be an environment where you actually have equal opportunities. And I like to see it in a, in a player's aspect. Like I want to see football grow as a sport. I want the level to be higher in the future. And you can like, speaks for itself. If you start to teach a young girl at six years old how to shoot a pass rather than starting when she's 20. Like the level is gonna be better as well. Like it's all about giving them an opportunity and environment to express themselves and put the same demands. Like girls wanna take, be taken seriously in order to grow, in order to gain confidence.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's so, this conversation is so interesting because I think here in the States, there is such a focus on making the business case for women's soccer. Like that has been the conversation for so long here in terms of, you know, the league has to survive, equal pay, right? Like what are their sponsorships like? And there's this whole other conversation that is happening, but maybe not with the same level of focus of, what are we doing to grow the game? What does the product look like? Like that's kind of I think my particular thing, especially when it comes to the NWL. You can get all the sponsorships you want, but the game has to be good. Exactly. <laughs> at the end of the day, mm. too.
2: No, but I, I, I think both. I think no. Sorry, I let you finish. <laughs> I yeah, it just too like. Much.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: said that, hey, it's a podcast.
1: That's what that's what we're here to do. I think it just it really is interesting because I think sometimes we do swing one to one particular side in this country. And it's hard to get people interested in both the smaller stuff, right? Like that state level, level of growth, um, getting kids into the game, like how are you recruiting? Especially for us here, like there's a lot of factors that go into that. And that's the stuff that's harder maybe to pull people in and have that conversation and get it covered because it's not, oh, the players are suing their own federation. And how do we shift that conversation? Mm -hmm.
2: Well, it's, it's a tricky thing because I obviously understand the subject. I, I I completely understand it. Um, but it's just that um, both things are important. Um, yes. But I think that looking at the end of the uh, pyramid also can allow you to build on the momentum in an ecological way uh, at a later later term. I think that if you start building them while they're young, Uh, giving them an environment, uh, starting to be very serious, educate. It's all about education, really, like changing people's mentality. And um, obviously looking at um, the situation today in Europe, we're still at the point where we profit from men's clubs. We're we're not there yet. We're not there to be able to uh, build our own ecological model. Uh, We still need that help to get that push to get there uh, but doesn't mean that we we're not getting there like I mean Dazon is coming in with a platform now where people are being able to see the games and the response has been massive like over 14 million views. like it shows that if you build the right type of model I mean people going to want the product um, so I think that it's just wrong from the beginning of I think that we're being disrespectful about young girls from day one and it just moves up on that ladder because you start from day one not taking them seriously. Um, So there's a lot of things to shake up uh, in the organizations yet in how we look on things and how to change mentalities. Um, So got a long way to go, but it doesn't mean that we're not getting there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it is always really important to understand like just the growth of the sport, Mm. right? And do you see just, you know, I think here we talk a lot about kind of the inflection points of a World Cup, right? 99 is obviously a big thing, but the big conversation already that's happening here is the US, Canada, Mexico hosting the 2026 World Cup, right? And what kind of bump and influence that's going to have on the sport and also how the women's side of the game is going to take advantage of a men's World Cup. But in in kind of the European game, obviously there's a lot more competitions, right? thinking about euros coming up this summer in england too and how other countries can take advantage of that boost even if they're not necessarily hosting like what are you seeing in terms of like the top level of the game being able to impact that grassroots level
2: it's very important i think tournaments has always been a very important factor in terms of developing uh, the infrastructure in certain countries. Uh, you could see see it from like, Italy was an example of that, I think, from just uh, the 2019 World Cup, uh, where they did pretty decent um, and kind of like sh- sh- shook up things a little bit in, in their home country. Um, after saying that as well, it's so important to state that I feel like we kind of have a tendency to lose that momentum uh going away from these tournaments i feel like we get back into our clubs you get all these amazing clubs <laughs> no, all these amazing players in in these top clubs and you just lose the momentum like you 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 don't have the same audience at the games week in and week out you don't have the same media pressure that you want to have so obviously there's some some work to do to keep that momentum alive because tournaments are not not a problem like they're always great like well organized a lot of media attention a lot of people coming to the games so that's been a factor for for many years but keeping that rhythm alive has been very challenging
1: Yeah. What is it like? I mean, I've been to Lyon for the 2019 World Cup. I have not obviously had the chance to go for a club game, but what is it like going from, you know, a, an international sort of thing to coming back to, like, what is the the media presence at a, a regular typical Lyon like league game, maybe versus even a Champions League one?
2: Oh, it's a, a much more pressure, much more um, things moving. And I got to say, that's what you want as a player as well. Um, it's a little bit special obviously Leon I feel like we've been on the top for many years now Uh, I don't know if people expect us to win every year (laughs) like hello we actually work very hard (laughs) to win these trophies Uh, but you know like sometimes you just fall into a rhythm and you need to kind of like break the rhythm a little bit in order to get refreshments Uh, I don't know but obviously a normal week uh, where we might play a a team in the league who's not PG compared to a Champions League week is is obviously completely different, which is normal. I get that too. But uh, how can you kind of like create more um, daily pressure or weekly pressure? That would be nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the challenges here too is, you know, US national team is always going to get attention, right? And how do you, you know, make sure that people are showing up for a Wednesday night league game. Uh, That's I I think that is kind of where we're at in terms of the development of coverage. But I think, you know, it it is just always, I think, super interesting to kind of compare notes across countries, because I I do think that, you know, we think that we're in our own special little space. And then you look across and you're like, oh, no, you're doing the same, same deal. (laughs) We're actually doing something in Europe too, guys. (laughs) Yeah, same thing. We've got some great football going on over here as well. (laughs) But see, that's the thing. Like now, we could actually watch it. Like that's, I think. Mm. But I think that's also really important for folks to not lose sight of too. Is that it's not even necessarily a competition in terms of eyeballs, right? Like that now we can watch Champions League and NWSL in the United States, right? Like we're going to be able. To be far more global in our viewing habits, and that's honestly a benefit for everyone because it's only going to up the game for all of these different leagues.
2: Absolutely, Uh, football to the people—that's what I'm saying. I give it, give it to them. And like getting back to the subject we were talking about as well, I think that people don't just show up to games uh, just to show see a game of football anymore. I think it's much more about. uh, I think it's much more about the scenery uh, that the game is put in, uh, having a proper stadium, uh, having a professional setting around it. I think people are coming to to actually be entertained in some way and to actually have a good time. So obviously, there's a great deal work to do still in terms of getting clubs into more, a much more professional side, uh, giving girls and uh, the players uh, a nice pitch where the football actually can be better in terms of quality, Um, proper uh, locker rooms. Uh, I mean, proper conditions where people actually want to show up to.
1: Yeah, I mean, to your point, respect, right? That is, you know, minimum standards have always been a thing that women's football have. (laughs) It has been a journey unto itself, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) And we're still
2: on that journey going, going upwards.
1: I mean, in terms of like when you started, have you seen like a significant difference in terms of oh the the locker rooms have gotten better or oh the flights have gotten better? I mean, I feel like Leon is probably setting a, a pretty good and healthy standard across the board, but you know, from day one to now, I feel like there's got to be at least a little difference in what you've you've lived through. <laughs>
2: I promise you. Like uh, I remember, some years uh, before I came to Lyon, uh, the team didn't even have a locker room. So obviously, the the development has been enormous. It's like Sean uh, michel last just took this team on a trip and never looked back. Kind of, uh, kind of vibe. And but the problem is that I would have wished having so many more clubs having that same development, especially in 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 France where I played for eight years now. I, I it's pretty sad to say, but uh, I've been here for eight years and I have not seen a development I would love to see in different clubs. Uh, I would definitely love for other clubs to take the example of Jean-Michel us and, and just shake up things uh, because I really think that their players deserve, deserve more. They deserve a professional, uh, everyday uh, environment. And I wish that just so many more players than us and Lyon would profit from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, to your point, right, we talk about World Cups, right? France hosting 2019. The, the, I think the mental math is like, oh, World Cup hosting, you're going to get this influx of investment following. And I think we've seen a little bit, but still, in terms of like league top to bottom, France is, is still, I think, a work in progress. Although it does sound like they're going to um, bid for, for the next round of Euros. so.
2: Yeah, we'll just leave it by by that. <laughs> I will get in trouble if I speak kind of too much more about this subject. <laughs> all
1: right, all right. Just in terms of, I, I think, like overall global picture, right? Like thinking about the development of the game, the fact that we can watch games more easily. Like overall, are you
2: optimistic in terms of the path that we're on? Yes. We gotta be optimistic. That's why I always try to turn the situation around. Like, obviously, I try to look back on things, seeing how things were, and we got to a place. It just takes time and patience, but also impatience. I think impatience is important in this as well. And we all got a role in it. I think, as a player, from a player's perspective, uh, we need to take this very seriously. I mean, we're, we're we all. Take our choices like we could focus on the sports which i respect but it's much much more than that as well i think that like we have huge responsibility on keeping that subject hot for so many years to come uh, perform 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 in order to have that position to speak uh i i couldn't be able to to speak up like i do uh in order like if i didn't perform uh so that's my motivation number one but uh, we need to shake up things. We need to um, continue to raise the voices together um, and push for it. I mean, it, it won't happen by itself. So you need to have uh, a spirit in an off- offensive spirit in order to, pu- to push for things.
1: All right. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end it. Hopefully everyone <laughs> walks away from this feeling motivated to. Do their little part. Every in this, everything, this doesn't,
2: yeah. Everything doesn't have to be diplomatic, guys. <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can get spicy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get a you know a little bit of spice. It will be fine. I'm kidding. All right. Well, thank you so much for all of the time and and good luck uh, this week as well. So we will be watching.
2: Very good. That's I'm, the joy. I'm just so glad you you all be watching. Uh, it shows that. Uh, we're onto something. So happy to have viewers from the U.S.
1: All right. So thank you for her time. Again, it's always just really fun to reach out past the world of NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team and get some of these conversations in, whether they're on the podcast, wherever they're happening. It's just so important to make sure that we're all actually talking to each other. Now, if you are Paying attention to my, my leg saga after breaking both my tibia and fibula uh, while on a ski race course, as one does. Um, the joy of my week this week is getting not just the clearance to wear two sneakers again, I am now free of the walking boot in theory, um, but I'm also allowed to take Advil again and travel for work. So really, I got the trifecta of things I was hoping for. Also, we'll be able to get back on the bike a little bit more regularly, so it's it's a good week here on the injury front at, at least all right for all things full-time you can visit fulltimepod.com there are links for all the major podcast platforms in one spot plus more information and if you'd like to subscribe to the athletic and support all of our women's soccer coverage you can do that right now at theathletic.com slash full-time my name is meg you have been listening to full-time with meg linehan you can always find me on twitter and instagram at it's meg Linahan and my work at the athletic Full-time doesn't exist without the work and support of senior podcast producer Michael Zimmerman. From The Athletic, I'm Meg, and thank you for listening.